you are awful, but I like you. The cake is a lie. This is our second episode of The Cake is a Lie. That is Zoe, Zoe. Hawkins. This I time we're saying our names. This time we're gonna do the whole like, hi, I'm Zoe. I, I write for Lazy Gamer. I also have a new thing, Born Geek, and I, I do a podcast with you, Sam. Sam, would you like to introduce yourself? I am Sam. There you go. I sound like a robot. You do, but you're not. So if you need clarity, Zoe's the American. Yes. I'm not. There you go. And you have a baby oh, inside shut up. of you. There's three of us in the backseat of the car this time. That's creepy. That's really creepy. We record from the backseat of my car because it makes for a really nice mobile studio. It does. It does. But let's focus on, on that baby and how you made it. I had lots and lots of sex. That's that's where babies come from. Really? Yes. The stalk doesn't bring that? No. And you know how you do that thing where like for years you're terrified of getting pregnant and you're on the pill and you use protection and all the right things. And then I went off the pill thinking, well, people struggle. Like this could take a while. It didn't take a while. <laughs> it really does happen that just way. Just like that. Yeah. yeah. Was it, so it was a conscious decision. You decided yes. we were having a children. Yeah. A children? A we children. D- we did decide to have a children. It makes me so nervous that I can't speak properly. I know. Trust me. I'm also fucking terrified. <laughs> Well, that's, that's the thing, though. I, I always find it quite strange. So you you knew you wanted to have a kid. Yes. You went off all the protection. Yes. You had the kid. Do you know what I always find so strange is people who go, oh, it was a mistake. No, I don't understand that. Like, I'm sorry. I spent how many, many more years of my life than I would care to admit having lots of safe sex to prevent this from happening. So how do people go like, oh, I went 10 years without it ever happening by accident, but whoops. Like, how does it? This is, this is something that, that's bugged me for a while. I do know that if you take antibiotics, it can stop yes. the pull from working. I understand that condoms break. But it's always something that I've struggled to wrap my head around is when someone comes back and says, oh, well, it's a mistake and now I'm pregnant. I just I feel like there's so much in the world mm. to help us along. Yeah, and there are so many things even after the fact. Like, if the condom breaks, you can go to the chemist and be like, hey, condom broke. And they're like, oh, here's morning after pill. Like, it's it's crappy but you know what like it's not oh the condom broke and that is the end of the world it's kind of you know there are options still are we maybe being very very middle class though i mean from a money point of view yes look from a money point of view i can understand where people have unintended pregnancies because they can't afford to protect themselves what i don't like is when people in my milieu come to me and they're like oh i've been on this and this pill and i changed pills and i got pregnant or i had jet lag my favorite a friend of mine she traveled internationally and got pregnant because she was off her pill for six hours like do airplanes make you pregnant <laughs> that's where babies come leave, from if you leave the country you're falling pregnant <laughs> yes this, this ruins all my holidays i know no more sex <laughs> so in case you didn't notice we're talking about sex this time Um, And this started with an interesting conversation on Twitter, which, by the way, if you're not following us on Twitter, Sam is at IamSamW, and I am at Moonstormer, so follow us. And you, too, can be a part of our really awkward sex conversations on Twitter. Um, But it it wasn't awkward. I misinterpreted, apparently, a tweet about faking orgasms, and I was saying how it defeats the purpose. Like, why, why would you defeat, why would you kind of pretend to be enjoying yourself when you're not? And it didn't make sense to me because that, you know, you should hopefully be enjoying yourself. And if you're not, your partner should know so that they can change what they're doing so that both of you can have fun. Because that is kind of the 
point, I assume. I, I would assume. I, I also think it's it's a weird one. I, I just don't think that you should fake it. And I don't think from a woman's perspective, you're not going to orgasm every time. No. The first time you sleep with someone, sometimes it does because there's just fireworks and it's amazing. Sometimes you don't because you're so nervous. You're so nervous or stressed and you're not relaxed. And, you know, the thing is also it's it's not like there's a race. It's not like, oh, I didn't start enjoying myself fast enough or whatever you know like people get into these like oh i'll just start acting like i'm having fun until i get there and it's like really i just don't get it i find that this is obviously a woman's issue because i don't think men are faking orgasms well i don't think they're they're i don't think they're as capable although i have known some men who wished they could because they they said they wanted it to end (laughs) but why as a woman would you surely we we are just completely backtracking on everything we fought for to, to lie there not enjoy something that is very physical and very mm. intimate and hope for it to be over well, oh. or or you are very much in love with your partner and they are just inept but somehow that love doesn't translate to the kind of emotional intimacy where you would be able to say to them listen i love you you're amazing but when you do this thing it doesn't work so why don't we try something different? Or this is what turns me on. And I think that's the other thing is a lot of women don't know what actually would get them to orgasm. So they don't know what to say to the guy. They don't know how to say, like, actually, if you move a little bit this way, I'll feel better. Because they haven't experimented on themselves to know actually what works for them. I want to backtrack a bit. A bit <laughs> because as the single person who, who has... Yes. trail of failed relationships oh i have a trail way. they're just further in the past i know things and what i know is that if you are at the point where you are having sex with someone and you love them and you can't tell them about things that you're not happy with in the bedroom it speaks more to, to the relationship i yes, think yes agreed than, than what's happening in the bedroom mm. and they say and it's probably a bullshit statistic that i'm pulling out of nothing but they say that if the sex is good in the relationship and both people are happy and satisfied it makes up 10 percent of the relationship Whereas if it's bad or people are unhappy or unsatisfied, it makes up 90% of the relationship. So if it's good, it's just something you do that's part of your intimacy. And it's like as normal as like, oh, he cooked dinner for me. It was amazing. And we had awesome sex and life carries on. And it doesn't become something you need to think about or stress about. Whereas when it's not satisfying the partners, that's when they like, oh, we didn't do it or we did it. This way, not that way, and here, not there, and it, it becomes a real strain on the relationship. But it also comes back to the question you asked of, like, you know, when do you say it's something worth working on? And when do you say, okay, you know, this is too important? When do you, you know, cut bait or whatever the expressions are? Well, that's my thing, because I, it's that joke of you need to test drive a car before you buy a hair. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're not happy in the bedroom, is it really worth it and and this was a conversation that i've had with so many people and so many conflicting answers what i find so funny is the gender difference though how many women will leave someone the question i asked let's just backtrack was would you end a relationship if the sex was bad Mm. if you start but we're talking about the early stages so you start the relationship you get it on three or four times and it's not great so you end the relationship would you do that and the interesting response was men came back and said, no, they would work on it and sex is not everything. But the majority of people who said yes were women, which yeah. I, I was quite surprised with. I oh, know. I was chatting actually to my husband about this. And I, my theory is that men are conditioned from when they hit puberty, like you will always be dissatisfied, which is the creepiest thing to say. But like men are always taught you're lucky if a woman says yes, just be happy you got something and don't expect more, don't expect 
something closer to what you want. Like, just accept that whatever you can get is better than nothing and be happy and satisfied. Whereas women are like, no, it's a treasure, it's a jewel, you mustn't give it away, it should be special, it should be amazing. So we're conditioned, like, actually, if it's not that good, there are how many thousands, millions of men out there who might be better? And go find one of them, they might make you happy. This is so fascinating, because we're, I mean, we're talking about sex, but uh, I think it, it also speaks to, to men and women in relationships, because you will find that men when they fall in love with someone Mm. fall very hard and when for whatever reason that relationship comes to an end it affects the man for the rest of their life it becomes something that they hold on to quite aggressively and sometimes to the point that they never feel comfortable with moving on with someone else or 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 seeing if something can go further because straight away they go back to that one girl who messed them up yeah that fear of commitment and all the rest exactly and then they, they mess around and they sleep around whereas women will go through the breakup and be really angry for a couple of months. But they'll move on eventually. Mm. They'll still be a bit crazy. But it's that, it's not something that they hold on to too tight. And it's quite an interesting. Maybe that's because of the way we're conditioned. With regards to sex. And mm. obviously sex and relationships tie in. I yeah. think. It's the way we're conditioned to sex. From when we're young. Yeah. I think I think that's a big thing. And I, I also think that women. On another side. Are just taught that they should learn to deal with their emotions. Earlier on. Whereas boys are taught, like, you shouldn't have emotions. So, I mean, I remember reading an article years ago that the only feelings that boys were allowed to have were, what, like, anger and frustration or something like that. And that that should be let out through sport and blah, blah, blah. And it was this whole thing, basically, like, they're either allowed to be happy or angry and that's it. Whereas, and so, like, a boy falls in the playground and he's picked up and, like, even the most supportive mother would be like, oh, you're okay, you're okay, get back out there, you're okay. Whereas a girl gets asked, what happened, what's wrong? And she actually has to express herself and say, like, he pushed me, it hurt my feelings, blah, blah, blah. So they learn from earlier on how to deal with, like, things are going to hurt, you're going to get upset, and then you can feel better. Whereas boys are taught, like, you can only feel better, and that's it. And if you feel bad, then no one wants to hear it, and they just don't know how to deal with it. And I think that's the same thing with sex, is, like, they aren't taught, you can be bad in bed and get better. Like, you know, you can be the C student who works really hard and does their homework and becomes the A student. And you don't have to start out being like Casanova or something. Like, no one starts out being the best thing in bed. And I think men take it so, it's so tied to the ego and all of that. Whereas women are kind of like, they want to be good in bed and they want to learn and all of that. But like, they have no problem learning from a, a boyfriend and trying it on the next guy like oh i learned this trick i'm not telling you where but you know this will be something you'll like or not or whatever don't you hate it though when you you meet that there's that guy and i'm sure during your your (laughs) your more promiscuous days when you didn't have the ring on your finger you experienced this where there's that guy who is so desperate Mm. to be impressive in bed (sighs) that he ruins the entire experience everything it is yeah I feel like to a point, I must be honest, like some of the best sex that I've ever had was from someone who was actually quite selfish. Like he wanted to do what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. but it ended up being amazing because even though he wanted to do what he wanted to do, he still was making sure I was having a good time, but he wasn't obsessed with me having the best time. But I think also it's, he knew what he liked. And as long as you then can know what you like and you can kind of match those two up, it's fine. It's when one person doesn't know what they like and the other one is trying so hard to like 
it's like trial and error in the worst possible way. Instead of like saying, you know what, I actually don't know what I like. Let's find out. And making it something fun and intimate and, and sexy, it becomes like, oh, I'll do this, I'll do this. And you're kind of like, oh, just stop everything. Like, this is just horrible. Well, that's, I think from a, from a man's perspective, they watch these videos and then they, they read and their friends tell them. So then when they come into the bedroom, especially when we're younger, mm. well, this is this works because I read it on the <laughs> internet. And, and this is what I'm going to do. And I read this book and I'm going to do this. And instead of sort of discovering it together, because everyone's different, yeah. they, they sort of, you can feel that they're following this manual that someone somewhere told them was the way to do it. And you're just, I don't know about you, but I've had moments where I've just been lying there going, oh, just stop this right now and that's when you would fake it to make it end and you know what the worst is you're actually spot on because in that particular situation you don't want to disappoint this poor fool <laughs> who is just overdoing and overcome it's the truth and I, I feel terrible for saying this because I think there's a lot of men that'll listen and say oh well you know you you've just made me feel absolutely insecure and that's terrible but the truth is that is when you fake it because you, yeah. you just you can't handle Letting this poor guy down because you can you can feel that he is trying so trying hard. so hard and you're terrified to correct him because you know that it will break his soul. Well, it's just it like I you know in my in the before times, um you know I've been with guys and been like actually if you do this like you'll actually get me off as compared to this which isn't gonna get us anywhere and like they look so hurt and you're kind of like well do you want to be successful or do you want to be right like do you want this to work or don't you and I think that's the thing is you know I am I am more than willing to accept like I had to learn what I learned along the way as well like we all learn from our partners in terms of what works and what doesn't and you can't just you know get all defensive like plenty of women love what I do it's like cool go sleep with them because you're not gonna sleep with me again you're so right. I always feel like there's, there's also that guy that will, will just, you'll tell him what you want, but he'll just keep doing what he wants, yeah. what he thinks is working. And I, I sometimes I lie there and I'm like, do you, do you know I exist? Do you know there's another person in this bed? It reminds me, years ago I saw this Ellen DeGeneres thing years and years ago, and she was talking about like why people would film themselves having sex. And she said the only two reasons she could imagine was either you're that narcissistic that you're going, ooh, look at me, look at me, look at you, look at me. Or it's like a football coaching thing where you go like, okay, see what you do here. And now look at my face. You see this? Let's do that in replay. Like, you know, to show like, actually, that thing doesn't work. And that thing does work. And that's, but I mean, I think also you need to be, and this comes back to the whole, when do you have sex? And at what point in the relationship? And all of that, which becomes really important because a lot of people don't have the confidence with, okay, I don't want to say a relative stranger because, you know, depending on how quick you have sex with someone, but you need to have the confidence to say what you want, or at least to nudge them in the right direction or you know, indicate that you're having fun or not. And I think a lot of people, when it's new and fresh, they feel like, oh, well, we should just pretend so that it's nice for everyone's ego. And it's kind of like, well, no, actually, like, this is something that if all goes well, you're going to want to do for a very long time together. You should probably make sure you're both in sync about what you like and what you enjoy on the on the other side sometimes you just meet someone and it's amazing and yeah it's just and you there. don't need any work or any nudges in the right direction you married that one hey i did I did. bastards I know. <laughs> but i mean 
that's that's the thing. You, you're actually right. It, it is at the beginning when you need to talk about it. But it, it brings in all those things we were chatting about as well. So maybe if you meet someone, I think there's always been this rule with girls that you're sort of seen as a bit promiscuous. If you're mm. sleeping with someone early on in a relationship or on the first date. Yeah. Or if, you, if you've met someone and you take them home, it, there tends to be this society goes, ooh, mm. you're a skank, yeah. water, water, water. But... It, it, at the same time, if you meet someone and you set these rules where you say, okay, I'm not going to sleep with this guy for three months. In three months, you've got all these emotions that are now tied in. Yep. Now you have feelings for the guy. Now you get into bed and it's horrific. Yep. And now you need to have that conversation. But and it's, there's all the feelings tied in and is it so important? And you start having that conversation. And it is important. It is really important and it only really becomes more important if that makes sense like i think men find it becomes less important and women find it becomes more important because you know as your lives progress and you're busy and you're stressed and you have real life concerns those concerns take over and that making the time to have these romantic conversations as the sun comes up isn't going to happen but sleeping together and having amazing sex still can so that's something where at least it's a fallback plan for those times when you don't have the time, energy, inclination to have like true mental, emotional intimacy, the physical can kind of bridge that gap. And I think people undervalue it. They're like, oh, it's just sex. And it's like, actually, it's a really big part of a relationship to make two people feel connected and special. And that's something you do only with your partner, hopefully. We can talk about the whole Ashley Madison debacle. Um, but I mean, if it, if assuming you are monogamous in your relationship, I mean, it's something that you only share with your partner, whereas your feelings and your thoughts and whatever you might share with friends or, you know, with the internet, if you're on Twitter and on blogging and all of that. So she just took a jab at me on, on this podcast. I heard I, that, that was not a jab. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> so I think that's something as well is that, you know, it gets undervalued like, oh, it's just sex. It's like, actually, sex is a big deal in a relationship but you have to make sure that both people are happy otherwise it's a waste for both people i do find like i've i'm the single one i mean you're yeah. married but i whenever i hear people talk about sort of their marriages or their long-term relationships that's the first thing that they always say is all oh, the romance is gone and now it's sort of it's, it's just life mm. if you don't have sex why else are you but that's there? just it that's just it like the for me um, I've never had the romance. I don't think my husband has ever given me flowers once. Like, that's not the way we relate to each other. He's given me video games, and he's bought me, like, cool tech toys and stuff, which for me is more valuable than flowers or perfume or whatever else girls supposedly like getting. Um, so, I mean, I get the things that I want and I need and feel, make me feel loved. But romance in terms of, like, let's go out on a romantic date and a weekend away and sweep me off my feet it, you just don't have time you just don't have energy like and we've been together long enough like I know he loves me I don't need him to like paint it in the sand on some beach it'd be nice but it's not like oh now I know like I know so the sex part ends up being the way that we connect that's unique to us and just the relationship and I think that's why you need to keep it alive and also why sites like Ashley Madison exist because people who don't keep it alive and people who lose that spark and stop being made to feel special want to be made to feel special and want to be made to feel important and sometimes that's why they have affairs is to just find someone who will make them feel the way they did at the start of their relationships it's it's so interesting though because I've, I've had a conversation with 
with a guy um, who, interestingly enough, said some days he always struggled in his relationships because when he he's stressed, he doesn't want to have sex. Mm. It's, it's just not even an option. He he cannot get there. It's yeah. just too much for his brain. And and it's a fascinating thing because we're, we're talking about how sex keeps the relationship going and, and people will 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 disappear and move another direction without it. But at the same time, sometimes you're really stressed and, and it's not yeah. something you want to do. And it comes back to faking orgasms. It's all about communication. If mm. you're not speaking to someone, whether you've been dating them for a week or you've been married to them for seven years, if you're not communicating to them, that's going to sort of go across your sexual relationship. But your relationship in general, you should be able to talk. Well, this, that's the thing as well, is you need to be able to communicate and find the way that works for you. I mean, I know some couples who do most of their, like, romantic communication on Facebook, which I find revolting, personally. Like, I hate when I go on Facebook and I see, I love you so much, have a great day, moi, on Facebook. I'm like, who are these people? But at the same time, like, if that's the way that they can relate to each other, then use the technology. Because obviously they're not saying it when they're in the room together. You know, so as long as you find some way to communicate, then it, it's fine. But I think there does have to be that that level of intimacy where you can say to someone, like, it's not you, and not in that, you know, it's not you, it's me, like, bullshit way, but of saying, like, it's not you, I'm having this and this at work, this and this in my real life, like, in general. I'm sorry, but we're not going to have sex, but we can do lots of other fun things and, like, feel connected. But if you don't have that conversation, no matter what... The person's going to take it personally like no matter how close you are no matter how attracted you are to each other if you say no to the person who's trying to get sex out of you it's gonna feel like a rejection unless they know like okay i shouldn't be trying because actually your head is totally somewhere else but then you have that other thing where you've got women and, and this was something when i asked that question about would you break up if the sex i also mm. said would you break up with someone if the, if the sex was bad and and the conversation that came up there's a lot of men in sexless relationships yep. who maybe the relationship I don't know I, I can't really judge in their story mm-hmm. but I'm presuming maybe from the beginning it was we're not having sex maybe in the beginning there was sex and then it slowly faded away and they're still there and they're, they're sticking it out that's something and I don't know if it's just because I'm a selfish human being but I can't imagine spending three years with someone mm-hmm. not having sex with them no. based purely on the fact that I have enough friends and I don't need another one yeah no, but that's what it comes down to is you have to be getting something out of the relationship. And I think maybe for those people it is about companionship or about something else other than the sexual component to it. Honestly, I can't even try. I mean, I, I can try and put myself in their shoes, but it just doesn't really compute to me. Like how you could then your roommates, then your like housemates or whatever. And you're really close and friendly and nice. But, but you're, you're in not... love with each other. There's, yeah. There is a deeper emotional connection. You, you love each you other. You love each other. But but you're not having the physical side. And yet, I, I spoke to three men. So three of mm. them, sexless relationships. Two are out. One is still in. The one that was still in, it is Twitter. So I'm, I'm really just mm. overpowering his relationship with my own personal opinion. But, but he said he was happy. Yeah. So be it. The other two, though... Who are, and those are both, I would say, friends, have both said that since getting out of a sexless relationship, they'll never, ever do it again. Like, if they are in a relationship, they need sex is, is one it of is the more important of, yeah. things for them. Which is interesting because they stuck it out for so long without it, didn't believe they needed it because they felt that they loved the other person. Mm. But now that they've left that relationship, it's just a non-negotiable now. Yeah. And I, but I think that's just it, is they were... 
I don't want to say faking it, because I do think you can be happy in a relationship as long as your needs are met. So, you know, you don't... I mean, it, it gets not, like, graphic, graphic, but, like, you don't have to have actual sexual intercourse with someone to feel intimate with them. Like, if they don't want to have sex, but they're fine watching you masturbate or whatever, and everybody gets their rocks off and feels close to each other, then fine. Like, I'm, who am I to judge what you guys do behind closed doors? And you can call it sexless, but you're doing something that makes you feel close to each other and that keeps you satisfied. I think, on the other hand, you do get the people who fake it, who say, like, oh, I'm so happy, and they are mostly happy, except they really would probably want to have all their needs met, just like it would be with anything. Like, you know, I think about my frustration or whatever that I might have, like, I really want to go somewhere or really want to do something, and you say, like, this is something that we have to do together, and your partner says, well, I'm really not interested. And you kind of have to weigh up, like, am I going to force someone to do something they actually don't want to do? Or find a friend who I can go with and do that. And that's also how you end up with people who go like, okay, well, maybe the relationship will be sexist, but I really love them. So I'm just going to have an affair and get that itch scratched somewhere else. But I still want to be in my relationship because everything else is great. And I think that's where, like, I feel bad for the people who were hacked with this whole Ashley Madison thing, I really do, because I think, on the one hand, you know, cheaters get what they deserve, blah, 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 and, like, that vindictive side of me, but at the same time, like, what is it, 37 million people out there, that's a lot of people looking for something, whether, I don't think it's love, I think they're looking for sex or romance or something that they weren't getting, it's, I had such an interest, one, I don't, I don't care what you've done. You're still entitled to privacy. Yes. That's the first thing. I don't agree with what you did, but it doesn't mean that you aren't entitled to the basic rights that I am. Yeah. You know, that's it's, it's like saying, well, you're a cheater and someone hits you with a car and that's okay. They shouldn't go to prison because you were a cheater. They, they hacked your information. Yeah. Um, but my thing was as well, I, I always like to like try and create a, a story in my mind. So I thought, imagine if you were in a relationship with someone and you had that moment and we've all had it. I don't care what anyone says. Mm. We've all had that moment where we think of something extremely selfish maybe vindictive, that we think about doing. Mm. And maybe we, we, we take it a step further and we start the, the motion where we're like, well, we're going to do this now. So for, for example, imagine you're in a relationship, you, you get uncomfortable and you, you want to cheat. So you sign up to Ashley Madison. You put all your details in. And then you realize that actually, no, this doesn't feel right. Yeah. So you pay because in order to get your information removed off Ashley Madison, you had to pay a certain amount of money. I think it was $15 with your credit card. And they claimed that they then wiped you off the system. So now, two years ago, I had a moment where I considered it. I sign up to Ashley Madison. I pay the. F I, I realize I do it in a in a fit of drunken rage. And the next morning, I'm like, no, 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 no. no, no. no, no. Yeah. So I pay my fifteen dollars and I wipe my information. These hackers. One of the things that they did bring up is that that fifteen dollars didn't actually. It didn't do anything. Your information was still there. So now they hack, and they release my information. And since those two years ago, I've now left that relationship. And I've met someone that I love and I'm married to them. And we have two kids and I'm very happy. Now suddenly... Jeez, you've had kids quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, my maths is not yeah, working. That's fine. Whatever. No, whatever. I'm an alien. There so, you go. <laughs> what happens is... Twins. Now I've got... There we go. So now I'm, I'm in a happy relationship. And next thing, my information is all over the internet mm. saying that I was on Ashley Madison. One... There are some things that that's such a small, it was, it's one night and you were a little bit drunk two years ago. So you've forgotten about it. Mm. Now you need to explain it to your spouse. Now you have trust issues with your spouse. 
everyone will argue and say, well, you shouldn't have gone on it in the first place. But sometimes you do stupid, you do stupid shit. And you it's do. Just, but that's just it. And also, it's not something that's even relevant to that relationship. So it's not even like part of a full disclosure, like, hey, baby, I love you so much, by the way. Last week when we had that fight, I went on Ashley Madison. I wiped it, but I did go on and whatever. It's not even relevant to that relationship. So there would be no reason to have ever mentioned it before, which adds to the trust issue. Why didn't you ever tell me about this? Because it didn't, wasn't about you. It was about an ex. And This was yeah. something that, that drove me mad, um, which was recently Gorka released that article yes. about um, quite a high-powered media exec who instigated a paid-for relationship with a gay porn star. Mm. Um, he, it's an, he's an escort. He flew, he, he organized to fly the gay porn star to New York, put him up in a really nice hotel so he could have one night of... Wild, we don't awesome even, sex, maybe. We don't even know. I mean, that wasn't even brought up. Uh, no. He had just paid, he wanted this man's time. This man realized who he was and attempted to blackmail him. Yeah. At which point, the exec turned around and said he canceled the meeting. However, still paid the guy, still paid for his flights, still paid for his hotel, but said, I'm not interested in meeting. So this gent went over to Gorka, sold the story to Gorka, mm. I presume. Gorka runs it. That's the story. There was a man who instigated a paid-for relationship with another man, decided not to go ahead with it because he was being blackmailed, paid him still, and still was, was yeah. I think, quite good in that regard, and left it at that. They then proceeded to spray this all over the internet. The, the particular gent was married. We don't know if he was cheating on his wife and she didn't know. Maybe she knew. Maybe, Maybe she knew. This was their way of, of dealing with, with their needs, and they'd had that conversation. And yet, we put someone's information all over the internet, shared it with everyone, and went, well, here's a story. There's no point to it. It's we not just... in public interest. It's not like, oh, watch out for him because he's doing this to every man he can give money to on the internet. Like, what sort of public service does this have? And that's how I feel about the Ashley Madison hack. I don't agree with people who cheat. But I don't see why it's any of my business as to who did it. Mm. I, I just, and we don't know the stories behind any of this. Like you said, I mean, there are so many reasons that people could do this. I mean, I was joking with Dean, with my husband the other day, because I was talking to him about Tinder and how hilarious it sounds. And I was like, we should make Tinder profiles for each other. And he was like, that is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. But yet I know, I know a couple of friends who are in long-term relationships who did set up a Tinder profile, not because they wanted to find someone, but because they thought Tinder was funny and they wanted to see what it was all about. Yeah. They spoke about it, so they knew what they were doing. But, but that is something that happens. Saying that, I still don't think cheating's right. And I'm still the first person. I did that Obviously, horrific Tinder yeah. trick on Facebook to someone the other day, yes. which is going to make me go to hell. <laughs> You're not I, going to hell. I in I saw a man's profile on, on my Tinder and for some absurd reason, well, I knew he was married and I screen grabbed it. I don't know why I screen grabbed it, but I just did. And about three weeks later, there was a Facebook status to his wife insinuating that he was taking his wife back and he forgave her for being a difficult woman. Um, that was pretty much how yeah. it was worded. I lost my temper and posted his Tinder profile on his status. So you outed him? I added him, but I, when you read the status, the, the way I felt like it was a bit of an emotional bullying, mm. because at the same time, saying that, as I've just said this, I've taken a step back <laughs> and realized I have no idea what was happening in their relationship. Nope. I have absolutely no context, and I, everything I've just said about how we're not, we shouldn't be judging people because mm. we have no context. I did. Yep. But we all do it. I am a terrible human. No, but being. we all do it. I mean, like we've all been there where we go, like cheaters should be caught, and if I know. 
Like, I've promised friends before tons of times. Like, if I find out that your boyfriend is cheating, I'll tell you and all of that sort of stuff. Is it really my place to tell people? Have you ever told someone that their boyfriend is cheating? Once. And as a matter of interest, because I've, I've done this also mm. twice, both times, um, I was attacked yeah. and made to feel like the most horrific human being and yep. was cut out of the life until a couple of years later and then it was like I'm actually really sorry it turns out he was cheating and you weren't lying yeah. but you get painted as the evil villain mm-hmm. what do you do in that instance so do but, you tell them because if you don't this tell is, them this is the thing and I remember years and years ago my mom told me a similar story that her my father worked with someone I don't know what the whole details of it was but basically they realized that one of his co-workers was cheating and she told the wife like at one of these formal business events why not like said to the wife listen this and this happened it's none of my business I don't know if this is part of an arrangement I don't know if you know it could be nothing like this is just something that's happened put it somewhere in your head and and remember it and can I inject in there yeah. your mom really needs to figure out her settings before she sees yeah, things no, she but carry on so and she said to this woman what what had happened and the the woman like said to her no no you're misinterpreting you're whatever like you know the way that happens and then years down the line said you know two three four more people came to her and said the same thing and she realized actually this was happening and she had to deal with it and I mean once once you know it's happening you can deal with it however you want like I don't care if you decide to take back your cheating partner like that's none of my business but you should know that you're taking back a cheating partner I've had a similar experience where a friend's boyfriend indirectly made a comment where he insinuated that that something could happen with us or something Mm. should have happened with us before he met my friend and at the time I I knew that he was Mm. just an ugly in an ugly space and and not a nice person at that time maybe he's changed I don't think so Mm. but I sort of went oh she was so in love with him and she she constantly spoke about how great he was and I thought well I'm just not gonna say anything right now and I should but I don't want to but see, this is the issue is when do you say and when don't you? Because this is always my debate because I don't want to be that woman who goes like, by the way, your partner's a douchebag. And then they marry them and they end, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be that person who's the, the naysayer or whatever. And you could be wrong. You know, they could actually be really nice people and maybe they flirt in a different way or maybe they insinuate something and they don't, they wouldn't follow through on it or whatever the, the case may be. It just becomes like, well, who am I to say, like, oh, you're with a cheater? Aren't we in an interesting space here? Because we've just come full circle. We Mm. started with, when do you fake an orgasm or not? Yeah. Do you leave a relationship? And it all stems back, do you leave a relationship? Do you tell someone? It all stems back to the same fundamental thing. Mm. It's all about communication. Yeah. We don't know how to talk to each other. (laughs) Not a clue. Not a clue. And it gets worse when you add in technology. Like, on the one hand, it gets better because there's, like, seven million ways on my phone that I can tell my husband, like, I'm okay. Here, let me share my Uber ride with you and you can follow me home and know everything is safe and know everything is cool. But then you can turn it on its head and, like, stalk your partner and find out that they're not where they're supposed to be or their phone is switched off when it shouldn't be or, you know, people get jealous over things or they find messages on each other's phones from people they shouldn't be messaging and... You know, when do you also draw that line? Like, I have no problem with whoever my husband wants to message. He knows who I'm in contact with for work versus for friends and and all of those things. But a lot of couples get very wrapped up in, like, 
well, he's mine, and now he's talking to a woman and being nice to her in a way that he's only nice to me, and now it's cheating, and is it cheating? And, you know, that's such a tricky line to draw as well. Again, communication, but I mean, for me, if I found out that, like, my husband is watching porn, so what? I don't care. Like, it's not an issue for me. You say you don't care about him watching porn, but, but let's, let's turn that on its head. Watching porn is one thing, but there are options on the internet where you can pay money and you can communicate mm. with the porn star on the other side and tell them what to do. Would your opinion be different if he, every night, was having conversations with a porn star on the internet? Granted, he's paying her money, but is, is sitting there telling her what to do and what he wants to do to her. I think that's, that's the difficult line to draw, because I wouldn't mind him saying, like, do this, do this, do this. But if it's, oh, you make me feel this and blah, 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 that's when things start getting very emotional. They do, because you want to you wanna tell yourself that you're the only one who can make your partner feel a certain way. And to see them relate to someone, anyone else, becomes very a very touchy subject. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Thank you. My thing is, I don't think porn is, is cheating. And, and, and I, I think that we're humans, and we're not... We, we are fundamentally I want to say not created to be monogamous but I, I think that we in our in the way that we were produced mm. and our instincts are such that we're going to be attracted to good looking men or good looking women we, we're going to have needs that there's nothing wrong with that and I always I find it very strange for example when I see couples walking down a street and a girl turns to a guy and says oh why are you looking at her like that well he can look he like, can look yeah so, so that's one thing so porn I'm okay with but but you know what I have an issue with is is this idea of seeing people form a relationship on the internet, be it Twitter or, or whatever mm. other communication platform, and next thing they're talking every day, and they, they're never talking about sex, and they're never talking about cheating, but they've now got this emotional connection that you don't maybe have with your partner, or suddenly he's sharing or she's sharing personal information and the way she feels with this other person on the internet who maybe she's never met or he's never mm. met, that to me starts... There, there's a line there when it comes to cheating. And it's a very difficult line because before Dina, I was in an emotional relationship. It wasn't a physical relationship where I chatted to this guy who was met living with someone, but every day on his commute, we would chat. He would call me and we would talk on his drive for like 45 minutes every morning as he went to work. And like he would tell me about his day, what he got up to the night before, a fight he had with his girlfriend. I would give him advice on how to fix it. You know, like we were friends. But it, it definitely gets to that point where you start walking a very tricky line because you do get feelings. Like, I'm sorry, you talk to anyone every day and the feelings grow. And, you know, I think, you know, you have the same thing on Facebook, the same thing on Twitter. You know, there are too many means of communicating now where it becomes so easy. Like, you know, you go on Facebook and you find an ex who's now single or, you know, you, you start chatting and oh, what have you been up to? How are things? And like, there's that chemistry still there that is very, very easy to, to reignite. But, but how do we know that? Because I have a lot of guy friends who I speak to every day mm. and there's no feelings there. And no. I, don't, I don't believe the feelings are from their side. We, and, and it's much of what you said. But so how do you know when it's become an emotional, when, when you've become an emotional cheat, when you've crossed the line where you, you're starting to feel attracted to this person? I think it's when you are unwilling to tell your partner. Like, I don't have secrets from my partner. Like, if I talk to someone, if I hear from someone, if I'm messaging on Facebook or Twitter and he goes, oh, who is it? It's never, oh, no one, or I lie or something, you know, like, 
you want to see my phone? Feel free. Like, he doesn't because he respects my privacy. But I don't, if I get to that point with someone where we're talking and I'm like, oof, I shouldn't share this conversation with my husband, then I'm, I should be crossing a line. Spot on. And that's something with the phones that you were talking about. Mm. I've never had an issue if someone's on my phone, whatever. Mm. Um, if, it's a, if it's a boyfriend, you go through my phone. I don't, I don't care. I've never had someone ask me to go through my phone. Mm. Um, I think if they came to me and they asked me to go through my phone, there'd be a problem because he clearly has a trust issue. Yes. But for the most part, you're right. I don't have an issue. I, I talk to my friends. You can read those conversations. There's nothing there. So it is. It's when you get to the point where you go, ooh, shouldn't tell her about that yeah. conversation that then maybe we have a problem yeah and uh, you know it i mean like we as humans know right from wrong and you feel it in your gut when you go i should not be having this conversation with this person but what happens if there, there are on both ends that a partner can be extremely jealous because yes. they're extremely insecure so so then we there's another conundrum because what do you do if your partner is just one of those people who is you so insecure? You slap them so hard. No, sorry. <laughs> I do not advocate domestic violence. But really, like, it drives me mental. I know people who get upset like, oh, so, you know, my partner's going for coffee with someone. And I'm like, and? Does coffee end in sex? Like, are they not allowed to ever? Like, I know a couple where the woman gets upset if the boyfriend goes anywhere without her. And I'm like, geez, if I had to go... With my husband, everywhere he went, I'd blow my brains out. Like, I was about to say, I don't like people generally. So, <laughs> I mean, even when I'm in a relationship, like, I love you and you're great. <laughs> but I don't want to do everything with you because I will, you're right, I'll no. kill you. And or I just, I know, go away. Like, go and go do Go away, let me things. miss you and then you can yes. come back. So, but there, there are people that want to do everything together. And that's, that's, again, back to the compatibility thing. So whether you're sexually compatible or... Socially compatible is another issue because there are two there, there are couples where they do everything together and they are happy to do everything together and As long as both people are happy cool like who am I to? Question it. It's when the one is jealous and crazy and the other one kind of goes like well She'll be crazy if she doesn't come with so let's just have her come along and you're kind of like mm, okay all, all I want is, is good sex and someone who will occasionally let me Snapchat us doing stupid things. <laughs> Not sexual things, just stupid things. I'd be so happy. Why am I still single? And these, Why? these crazy Why? people are... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but let's get back to the serious part of this conversation. When do you break up with someone? At what point is the sex so bad that we've had enough? But this, again, comes back to the, the core of the question... Which was, when do you have this conversation? Because, I'm sorry, if you start off your relationship, like, if you start and the sex is amazing, and then you fall into a rut, you, you know that you can work on it and fix it. Because you, you know, know what you can get. You know what you can get. The issue is, if at the start, the sex doesn't satisfy you, I don't know how many chances you can give someone before you say, you know what, we're just not compatible. Cheers. I don't stick around. Yeah. Uh, I must be honest, I, maybe I'm I just, I, I think it's if it's in the beginning and it's we're just not getting anywhere and it's still new and there's still no feelings. And the thing is, is there such a thing as, as someone being bad in bed? Because this is something else, I, I can't take credit for this, someone actually told me this and it was very smart. <laughs> but but he said there's, there's no such thing as someone bad in bed. There's, there's someone that you're not compatible with, mm. but that person could be... Someone else's someone else. Exactly. It's if you don't have the chemistry, you don't have the chemistry. And also, it, it depends on what you personally like. Like, you know, if you want to be with a guy who's more take charge in bed versus not, or if you want to be with 
a woman who prefers certain sexual positions or certain, you know, oral sex, no oral sex. Like, these are kind of fundamental things that you either like or you don't like. And if you like it and you don't get it, you're going to be frustrated. And if you don't like it and the person is insisting on it, you're going to be uncomfortable. So... Yeah, here's something also, and this is where, where the difference is as well with I think with men and women, or maybe just men and us too, because we <laughs> seem to think the same. But I have quite a few guy friends who will tell you horror stories about relationships that they were in where the the partner wanted the most absurd things for them, were very absurd sexually, mm. and, and would want them to do strange things. And they would be completely freaked out, but would do it anyway because sex is sex and they want sex. So, yeah. oh, well... This is completely weird. I don't enjoy this. I think you're strange, but I'm going to get off at the end of this, so I'm just going to keep going. Whereas many, I think, or maybe, like I said, maybe it's just me and my circle, mm. from a woman's point of view, would be, uh, no, sorry, not interested, not even going to try. It freaks me out. Not Go, go away. You're weird. But I'm I think, done. But I think it goes both ways. I think, like you said, I mean, the women, the woman can be the weird one. The man can be the weird one. Either way, I think that, like, we all have... Like, if you want to put it in a, in a BDSM context or whatever, like, we all have our hard limits. So, like, you know, I always joke, like, oh, I'll try anything twice. Like, haha, you know, whatever. But there are some things where if a guy said to me, like, even my husband, who I love very much, if he was like, I want to do this to you, I'd be like, no. Funny nope. enough, I usually, you know, I went through, I, I was always like, this is, I, I, like, I always thought I was a bit of a prude. I'd be like, no, 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 no. no. And then I tried something and I was like, no, I, I knew I shouldn't have tried that. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. Let's not do that ever again. And after that, I don't know if I'll ever experiment because I was just like, <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to be good and it wasn't good. But maybe because I'd already set my mind yes. to it not being good. Yeah. See, for me, I've always been more experimental by nature. And so like if someone's like, do you want to try this? I'm like, sure, whatever. But the things that have been suggested to me to try have always been within like what I could imagine maybe being okay. Like... I've never tried it, but we'll find out. And if it's horrible, also, that's the other thing. I've always been with partners who I was comfortable with to be like, this is abysmal. We're stopping now. Like, I'm not going to carry on and see if it gets oh, better. I was, I was lucky because the thing I tried, I don't think the partner enjoyed it very much either. Because we sort of stopped and we're like, yeah, we're, no, we're not no, going to do that again. No, no, no. no. That, was, that was a silly idea. <laughs> but I think that's, again, back to the communication thing. Because I would be very reluctant to try anything new. If I thought, well, if I don't like it, I'm stuck with it. Like, I have to see it to the end. Like, you need to be comfortable with your partner to be like, this is terrible. Like, we're not carrying on. Like, We didn't even have to have that conversation. I think we just looked at each other and we're like, yeah, no, No. let's not do that again. (laughs) But whether you have the conversation or look or some form of communication where you can both just be like, "Uh uh-uh, you know, and let's try something new and different and, like, not do that, then it's fine. But I think, I think that maybe men have a let's blame porn men have a broader range because of porn of thinking what's normal because they've all watched that video of that horrible thing or whatever that might be where they see someone getting off on something they could never have imagined getting off on so they know that it could work whereas i think if you don't even if you can't even imagine yourself getting off on it you might be even more hesitant to try something new but i think in the end like you know, you also have a, a sense to a certain degree of what you like and what you don't, I hope. I mean... Now, that's an interesting... I don't think so. I think that in a lot of a lot of homes, people are brought up with sex not being something that's discussed. Mm. It's, it's something that's sort of done behind closed doors. We never talk about it. And I think that you will find a lot of people grow up and, and get into their 20s and they 
they don't know what they like because they've been terrified of experimenting. Mm. Have you ever seen... There are certain girls, I mean, you say the word vibrated to them and their eyes go, oh, oh, we don't talk about such terrible things. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Like, you're a human being. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, you know, you're, you're, you have needs. And, and that's, I think, a huge problem is there are a lot of people, men and women, who don't know what they like yeah. and who don't know what makes them happy or pleases them or is pleasurable. How do you communicate if you don't even know what you like? But, and that's, that's the other side of things. And also... You have to learn what you like as fantasy and what you like as reality as well. I think that, like, I've known a couple men who've had threesomes and, like, report back after. And they're like, it was not as cool as I'd <laughs> hoped it would be. Like, I was so excited. I was going to be with, like, two women. It was going to be amazing. And then they come out and they're like, mm-hmm. That's my line. I, I, don't want, I don't want a third party involved <laughs> in anything. But the thing is, like, it's so many people's fantasy, like, men and women, to have an extra person, male or female, in on the action. But I think the reality of it might not quite live up to the fantasy. And maybe it does. I mean, you know. I can't even weigh in on this because it's just not something that I, I, I would ever want to experience. But I can't. I mean, maybe it could work here. Eh? I think that if you all communicate in the beginning <laughs> and everyone knows where everyone stands and is the safe word and you don't get to go I don't know I suppose it could and but I think it also comes back to the idea that there's no such thing as emotionally safe sex this is something that that I I read somewhere I'm probably sucking this out of my thumb maybe I made it up in my head that men can have sex without being emotionally attached it's a completely physical act they can Mm. have it and they're done whereas women cannot have sex as a completely physical act there's always some sort of emotional tie I'd beg to differ so there we go. I, I don't. I get emotionally attached. I'm mm. terrible. Like I'm terrible like that. If I if I sleep with you, I probably like you quite a bit, and yeah. I think you're. I've got warm and fuzzies, and then I turn into a vicious dragon afterwards. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I get emotionally attached. You yeah. you say no? Look, I do, but I, I've ha- I've had the odd instance where I didn't. But I think also there's so much circumstance that goes around it as well. Whereas I think men are typically more inclined to be able to just have sex and separate it from the emotion. I think also because when they fall in love, it is so intense and it's so forever for them. So it's like a primal thing, like, don't fall in love yet, just, you know, See, what I do is I go, don't get emotionally attached, we're just having fun. And the moment I do that, I'm like, oh, Oh, but but how lovely he looks now that he's lying there doing nothing. Like, he's so adorable. Oh. Remember how he made you feel? Like, no. No. Whereas if I'm just like, I can get, that's also my, but maybe I have a mental issue. When I'm like, oh, I can get attached. <laughs> then you don't. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. not today. <laughs> I think you're broken. I'm broken. You are broken. This broken. is. Broken. <laughs> but I give great relationship advice, as I've just done this entire yes. podcast. Yes, as do I. But you're married. You should be. Married people should know all of this stuff. Oh, please. Married people figure it out as they go along. They, they shouldn't. No they idea. Should, you should be made to write a book before you before you make that legal contract with someone. But see, that's the thing. It's like everyone... I lived with my husband before we got married. And I, he and I were convinced, like, we're getting married. Nothing will change. Yeah, it changes. Like, it actually does change. Because all of a sudden you're like, well, we're together forever. So... That's terrifying. But that's the for me. Marriage is a, a legal contract. First, that's what it is. It's, it is. It's a legal contract. It is. Well, that's what step. that's what he was saying. Like the whole time, like he was like, "Oh, it's just signing documents. Nothing is going to change." And I was like, "In many ways, most of what we do and how we relate to each other has remained the same." But 
you do have a different sense of security, which is wonderful, but also this familiarity and like it's it becomes much easier to fall into a rut. Let's just put it that way. When you and now it's in writing, so you fall in the rut. You know how difficult it is to climb out. Well, that's just it. Like the incentive to just pick yourself up out of the rut is so much bigger than because the work it takes to end a relationship when you're married. No, I'm sorry. I'd rather work on. Well, this is my <laughs> thing. I mean, I, I'm quite happy being able to jump over the rut as he falls in and run away yes, very fast. Yes. Um, when you're married, when you're he pulls kind me of, in there. Yeah, you're kind of stuck together. And then you can't climb out. And then you're standing you on each other's each heads while you're each trying each to get out. <laughs> it's a disaster. <laughs> How deep is this rut? <laughs> I have pictures of, of you and Dean in this hole. Trying to, <laughs> Dean is Zoe's husband, trying to climb out of some hole, me throwing things at you. <laughs> I don't know fantastic why. Fantastic mental event. That was, this was a podcast about sex. Yes. And that's where I am. Jumping over, jumping over holes and throwing, throwing things at people. Thank you, thank you. I feel I feel much better now. Um, so what did we decide? That communication, whether Don't fake orgasms, Don't unless he's that guy that just is so desperate to please, then then maybe then you fake and never phone him again. Because <laughs> that will work well. Because that, that won't hurt his ego. That won't hurt his ego at all. That won't break him for every other woman. Oh man, that he comes across. No, no, no. That's the greatest advice ever. But see, this is the thing. Is like I think, I think we're so scared of the male ego because it's so fragile. Like, what about our egos? I am so insecure when I'm in. Funny enough, I, th- I think that's. I am so insecure when I'm with someone mm. in an intimate way that I am terrified of of doing something. Funny enough, terrified. So you're that that. No, I mean, I'm pretty selfish when, when it comes out. The primal <laughs> selfish instinct comes out. But, but I am pretty terrified of messing up. Mm. From an, And it's, it's far more than sex. It's just from a... And maybe that's why I mess, mess it up. Because I'm just so terrified of messing up. Could did be. I just move into a psychology? You did. This backseat you of the did. car has just changed. Yeah, <laughs> Who's in the rut now? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, Zoe. <laughs> Pleasure. So I think that's the end of our podcast. So this was the cake is a lie, and so is the orgasm sometimes. I've just had a complete mental realization. I'm going to go and sit in a corner somewhere and rock myself <laughs> quietly. And don't forget that every 15th of the month, we load up a new podcast. So make sure you tune in again September 15th for our third episode. Where can we find you on, on social media, Zoe? Social media, um, at Moonstormer, basically everywhere. Snapchat, I'm now on, and Twitter, and Instagram, and yeah, so, yeah, Moonstormer, and? So you can find me, I am Sam W, on Twitter, um, and then I'm Snapchat obsessed, you can find me on Snapchat, it's I am Sam W 22, which is because some idiot stole my handle. Mm, bastards. Shocking. Um. Otherwise, that place in my head on Instagram, but I don't do a lot on Instagram. Yeah, so. I don't do much on Instagram. Or you can read our main other sites as well. So you've got Tech Girl. Oh, are we doing real, real jobs Yes, now? yes. We're supposed to be self-promoting. Last time people said they didn't know who we were or why they should care because who are we? So you are Tech Girl. So I'm editor of a, a technology website for women oh. called Tech Girl. You can find it at techgirl.co.za. And I'm a video game journalist, which is totally a real job. Um, at lazygamer.net so you can check out everything I write and now that I've got a bun in the oven I'm also a mommy blogger at borngeek.co.za so much to do I know, so busy 
I'm gonna grab six now. <laughs>